0: This time, the inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Nerds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban
1: For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together...
2: of the Coles Brown show right here on
3: the black college sports network. I said, good morning, but I should say good afternoon. Uh, had some technical issues, um, that we were trying to work through. So apologize. Sorry about the, uh, resuming the show.
4: You're doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing well, doing well, you know, Made it back from uh, Birmingham safe and sound, and it was good to see all of our colleagues there and just a lot to chew on and a lot to talk about. Football season is here. Yeah, it is here. It it was great seeing all of uh, our
3: colleagues, as you you stated, in in Birmingham. Um, One thing I will say, though, Charles, you could tell you're getting older for uh, SWAG Football Media Day. I, I felt the energy and the excitement in the building uh, it, it was good stuff. So we're going to uh, talk a little bit about that, of course, uh, a little bit later in that segment. We'll have uh, the the crew, the Black College Sports Network, uh, our predictions, uh, predicted order of finish, both in the East and the West. Uh, the guest menu looks like this. Of course, Charles Edmund here. Uh, we'll also have... Um, B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football, he'll join us.
4: Also, we lost overall turnout. You know, we, you just remember back just five, six years in terms of what it used to look like in terms of media. Conference is going to need a bigger venue. I mean, it's just, it's just that huge. It's just that massive, you know, you just remember just a few years ago what press as far as, you know, bowler, top receiver, Kinsler, top tackler coming back information a lot of good interviews just a good vibe and i expect it to get better and better as time goes on
3: well i have to make a correction right off of the bat uh, joshua went to warren central high school in vicksburg at least i got the city right but uh, hey i apologize for that um i did say vicksburg high, <laughs> high school so uh i apologize for that now Jackson State winning the Eastern Division, Southern picked to win the Western Division or the West Division, um, and, and when we put up the graphic from and, um, and you know when I'm talking to him, then you know to to start. Um, but Charles, did you believe that Southern was going to? Picked to come out of, of the West. And and after your interview with Coach Dooley, um, do you think that Southern is perhaps the team still that no one is really talking about?
4: Yeah, you know, I I, I said this a couple weeks ago. I thought maybe it would be one of two teams, either Uh, And I said this to A.D. Drew, who's producing our show today. Um, I said this the other day at Media Day. I thought it would be Southern because of Coach Dooley, and I thought it would either be Prairie View in spite of Coach Dooley. And the voters obviously picked Southern because of Coach Dooley. It's the Dooley factor, I think. Um, You know, when you look at what he's brought in, the coaches he's brought in, the players, I mean, you know, getting – Um, getting one of the top defensive players in the conference Dumas to go with him to Southern university. You look at, you look at the quarterback situation what they have there. I mean, if you just do a little bit of investigation on Southern university, what Dooley has done in terms of his staff and players and talent that he has there, um, you can clearly see that Southern has all the pieces. And I, I, I thought that as well, but although, you know, I also wouldn't have been surprised if Prairie was picked because even though Dooley left there, there's enough talent there to say, you know what, they're the defending division champs. You go with them until they get knocked off. So I would have been surprised if it was preview. So, I, you know, I when you sit back and analyze it and think about it, you know, you can say that, you know, Southern University has got all the pieces. But, you know, as we talked about, you got to play it out. And, you know, really, I mean, I think two coaches are getting a lot of respect, obviously Coach Dooley. And what about Fred McNair? I mean, for the first time in five years, you're not going to know who the quarterback's going to be, but yet you have the Braves pick to finish second. You know, that you know that really is eye-opener because you've got a new defensive staff, you've got a new defensive coordinator, you're going to have a new quarterback, even though you got some experience in Aaron Allen, the La Tech transfer that a lot of people feel like will probably start week one against Stephen F. Austin and you know that Fred McNair is a quarterback, former quarterback, kind of a quarterback guru, if you will, can develop quarterbacks. I think a lot of people have respect for that in picking Alcorn second, even though you're going to have a totally new quarterback that hadn't been on the roster before, unlike Felix Harper and Noah Johnson and Lenore's footman. So I do think that uh, that was really an eye opener to me. Of course, I would have had the Braves pick finishing first, but the voters picked them to finish second. That was a, that was really interesting to me, and then you talked about Coach Dancy, and you're exactly right. And I talked with him, and uh, you know, I said weeks and months ago that Valley could very well be a sleeper team in the Eastern Division. You know, probably should have beat Jackson. You know, they had us on the ropes. You know, penalties hurt them in the third quarter. You know, Valley could have very well had three more wins and probably possibly a winning record around 500. And I think they're Mm -hmm. just looking forward to proving to everyone that they're better than the record indicates. And look, look, they're picked to finish last, according to the predicted order finish, no way. I I think I said third at first in my own personal prediction. Um, I did drop them the fourth because I do do believe Alabama A&M is a little bit better. Um, So I did have, I moved A&M third, but Valley fourth, I think they're going to finish ahead of Bethune, even though they got Jalen Jones, the Jackson State transfer there. And Alabama State, I mean, I love Eddie Robinson Jr. I mean, very calm, very poised. I do think Bama State is on the rise, but that's going to take some time. But I would put Valley ahead of Bethune and Alabama State, you know, pick finish fourth. So, But I think Coach Dancy does, you know, have a point to prove, and I think he's looking forward to proving a lot of people wrong. Because he's just that kind of guy. I think he he knows that Valley was just probably six plays away from finishing with a winning record last year, but you got to come back and do it again this year with a tough road schedule ahead of them. Although they got all corn coming to Rice-Totten Stadium uh, in September, so I totally agree with you on Coach Dancy. I think a number of coaches have a point to prove as well. Coach McNair, um, you have Coach Dancy, Coach Maynor, very calm. You know, a lot of transfers. How you get those pieces to fit. With a new quarterback, glass is no longer there. So I think that just adds to the intrigue, the interest, the excitement, and perhaps the drama of swag football. Coach Sims,
3: Bethune cookman And and you can see a a lot of the predictions, Bethune and Valley. Most cases they had in the Eastern Division, you had – Valley last, but then you had Bethune Cookman second to last, and I made the point on on the telecast that um, Bethune Cookman, albeit they lost the, you know, the Florida Classic, but they did start kind of getting it together, and then that huge and, and, and I, I preface this by saying that uh, Charles Edman was worried to death about that that football game in Bethune. Um, Bethune-Cookman, at Bethune-Cookman, excuse me, Daytona Beach. And I said, well, maybe that could be a springboard uh, for, for Bethune-Cookman. But uh, they seem to have uh, the or about them is, is that they have a lot to, to prove a- a- as well. But you know, the predictions and all that, that's the conversation. We give our predictions. But at the end of the day, everyone knows this, that is it's gonna be played on the field, the competition, the wins and the losses. And then you can kind of compare and contrast at the end of the season, look at how those preseason predictions, how they panned out. Also, it was good to see uh, Dr. Charles McClellan and um, he was making um, you know the circuit, talking to a lot of uh, podcasters, he, he came on the Black College Sports Network game day um, program and, um, you know, I, I, I didn't get a chance to, to, to see or hear or watch his state of the swag address, but um, kind of going back and looking at some things, Charles, He mentioned about the talk about the super conference, the super HBCU conference. And one of the points he made was the SWAC is already a a super uh, conference. Uh, Since then, the television contract has has come out. You know, they're going to have a a second tier of games to be broadcast. He talked about uh, uh, the contract is at the lawyer's office between the SWAC and Byron Allen's group. He, he mentioned that. And so basically the conference is in great shape financially. Also, the future looks bright. And he talked about as far as uh, the conference in, in a short period of time, it will be the most uh, financially sound uh, conference. You know, out of, you know, for example, the Ohio Valley and Atlantic Sun, they project to be number one. So it was interesting that he talked about, um, you know, that that super conference and and on social media, you see a lot of that um, is being talked about. Also, you also see a lot of talk about as far as, you know, the the conference and it's it's financial stability and and payouts to member institutions um it looks good it looks good charles and 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 once again i I said it publicly uh, dr mcclellan i I just
4: think he's doing a great 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 job yeah he is um and just i was impressed i've just been impressed with dr mcclellan for a long time when he was ad at prairie view his ad at texas southern just his demeanor his calm approach, his tempered approach to doing business, and now what, what you're saying now is paying off with all of that. Um, you know, I asked him about you know there was I mean on the other on the other side of the coin was there's talk about teams you know moving moving up to FBS you know that was talked about a couple of weeks ago and he said hey he can't stop any team from from doing what they have to do individually. But he, of course, as you know, he's the co-chair or second mm-hmm. in charge, if you will, of the, HBC, of the uh, NCAA basketball committee. So he's got a lot mm-hmm. of inside intel on what it's going to take to move to that step. And he said the amount of money budgetarily that you're going to need, you know, and he used when I talked to him, the example was the uh, SEC, the, the team with the smallest budget uh, football wise is 50 million dollars. So if you're talking about that, and, you're that, talking about a and school, that would be what Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Well, he didn't say he didn't say to me what okay. school it was, but you could, I think you could kind of guess in terms of what that is. So, but it's going to go up though. The price tag is going to go up. So if you're thinking about moving up to FBS, the price tag for football is going to probably be sixty million dollars. So that means your budget for football has to be somewhere in that range. And can you see that happening? I mean, just being realistic. I mean, probably not. And, you know, we've talked about it on on your show a couple weeks ago. Not going to happen. It'll be it'll be talked about. But I'm just impressed with this, where we are as a conference, the amount of revenue, because it's all about the money right now and the exposure. Those are the two things. We're getting the exposure. We would love to have more, you know, resources, more more money coming in via TV contracts and and other things. And I think we're definitely getting that. It'll be the largest that we've ever had. Each school's payout will be the largest that it's ever had over over the next next few years. And you were talking about Jackson State, Carlos. I talked to Coach Sanders. And uh, an interesting conversation, to say the least. Uh, We talked about 30% of the time about X's and O's. And he was kind of into it. And he talked about his team. But then at the very end, I asked him about the seven road games that Jackson State has. And they have seven road games this year, the last three on the road, Alabama a and and Mobile, Texas Southern on the road, and Alcorn. And it was just a football-related question how tough it is, how tough it's going to be to repeat, especially at the end with those last three road games. And man, his ears perked up, and man, he got going. And he was not happy about the seven road games. And Carlos... I'm going to show this to you. I have this piece of paper right here. I don't know if you can see it. It's scribbled. He actually picked up a pen and a piece of paper, and he wrote down, and he's not happy about the fact that he's got seven road games. And he talked about the fact that at Memorial Stadium, if you average $40,000 a game times $20 per seat, and he actually did the numbers, he crushed it right there in front of me. And he's like, man, if we can get those type of games at home and make all this money, The bottom line is what I got from Coach Sanders, and and you say it, you hear this on the street, it's all about the money with him. He's talking about money, money, money. Of course, he's putting half his salary in to help with some upgrades, but he talked more about the money aspect and the football aspect, and I think that's where he is right now. And the one word he used, Carlos, dominate. He says, we feel like we can dominate. We'll see. It's got to be played out on the field, but he talked about that, and more so he talked about the financials in terms of where his team is. So just we're talking about money and all that just kind of tied in. That was another nugget I got out of it from a football media day. That was very intriguing to say the least. Well,
3: of course, coach Sanders is, is very uh, into financial stability. If you look at his career and just the things that he has done and accomplished that that's the way he, he looks at things. Cause I also, uh, saw and heard him on, on another uh, situation talking to, talking about the game with Bethune-Cookman moving to an uh, NFL stadium. And he basically said, he's not for that move, but it's Bethune-Cookman's opportunity. And they moved that game it, 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 because they're the home team. Right, and then he went on to talk about there's only really two rivalries with Jackson's Jackson State, and and, and his AD was right there. He said Allcorn, <laughs> and he mentioned Southern. So, he's all about the financial stability, but that game whether jacksonville jaguars play the football games you know he he just didn't sound happy happy about that but um he'll coach sanders will have to get over that you know (laughs) ready to play and then also he's right about a rivalry And, and, and and you know what i was talking with some people and at swag football media day and and i'm just honest the intensity there's rivalries, and then there's an intense rivalry. And that is one with Southern and Jackson State. So we shall see. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll, we'll give you more tidbits um, about SWAC Football Media Day, which was this past Thursday in Birmingham, Alabama. A lot of good energy in, in the building, the Jay Walker, Tiffany Green, I mean, you had podcasters, you had Radio Row, you had a lot, a lot of media there. Great, great thing. But when I come back, I'm going to take a timeout and kind of pick the energy up a little bit. Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football, he had a, I thought, an outstanding interview with Coach Dooley. I'm going to get his thoughts on that. And you know, just his thoughts and perspective on swag football uh media day. Uh guests coming up, Brandon BJ Jones and Joshua Griff Warren Central High School in Vicksburg. I'm gonna make sure I correct that again. He'll be joining us as well. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return.
0: This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here, are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Doctor Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, the Pregame Show the carlos brown show the ong strike zone and more in one place we are changing the way you consume hbcu sports one broadcast at a time
4: it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU PrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. That's a pretty
0: tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view barks
5: itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right.
2: Of course, you know where
5: we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a sixth sense. And a head of display. They're here.
1: it's the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick. Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life, because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. <laughs>
2: It's like a loot machine. All around town, try trying to get down.
3: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Now joined by Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. Uh, B.J., good afternoon. It was great seeing you in person. I think it's been over a year since the last time uh, I saw you, but uh, congratulations once again on a new addition to your family, all that good stuff. So appreciate you joining us today, B.J. Jones.
2: Um, man, appreciate you having me, man. And um, it's always good to see everyone uh, after you have those, uh, after the off season. And uh, good to see everybody, man, see everybody doing well, man. This uh, Sweat Media Day is very special for that reason.
3: Very special. You know, you get chance to see your colleagues, and um, it was just great seeing everybody. DJ, uh, your uh, thoughts on Swag Football Media Day, now that you have a time to reflect on it after it's over, what what kind of stood out to you about everything?
2: Oh, just the energy in the room. Uh, it, there's a lot of energy uh, surrounding this conference and and. Uh, potentially where this conference, uh, could be possibly going. Uh, you can see the growth, uh, in SWAC Media Day. I, I remember, uh, attending SWAC Media Day. I remember being in the, in the Harbor Center. Uh, and I remember, man, you may have gotten, you know, maybe 60 media members. Um, I and to see what it's grown into now, uh, the excitement, the, uh, you know, it being on ESPN, and, uh, it, it's just amazing to sit back and, and see the growth. Um, of this conference and, and the growth of HBCU football as a whole.
3: You know, you you have a lot of conversation, and I, I must admit, just looking at social media from who was the best dress as far as the coaches, um, players, and and one funny story, because I, I, I had this hat on, right? And so I'm going around talking to different players, and – the Grambling State players, they just, you know, when they just, I saw them when they looked up at the hat and they was like, oh boy, here we go. I was like, what do you mean? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Let me guess, you're a medium from, and you cover Southern University. Uh, yes, and the swag, young man, and the swag. But nice, nice to meet you. And um, it just seemed like those guys would follow me <laughs> around. We were just, we're just running into each other. And, um, I, you know, I had a bold prediction on the show, right? Um, and I guess I'll just mention it now. A bold prediction something shocking, something outside the norm. And one of the things I talked about was the Bayou Classic. It's going to be really intense this year because some of the, you know, underlining things, Grambling flipping players from Southern, then they flipping back to Southern University. And um, I basically said Southern will score a 50 piece. Some people say, wow, that that did you actually say that? It is on tape. But anyway, the, the, the players, they they kind of know the expectations of this uh, upcoming season. And I will just say this, uh, there's going to be a lot of energy. I know you have to win, of course your conference, your division. But but BJ, I looked at some of the the the, the, the pre well I'm gonna say pre non-conference games mm-hmm. and Alcorn tough. Gramlin State, I think it's tough. You know they're non-conference games. So I, I think you gotta do well in these non-conference games and be you know competitive. And when you get into October I think you'll you'll kind of know as far as wins and losses conference play to kind of give you a direction of how how the race is going.
2: Oh, man, absolutely. I think that um, much like last year, I think that particularly in the Western Division, I would not be shocked, and I said this 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 morning on Twitter, for the Western Division champion uh, to have multiple losses. I think that the parity, particularly on the Western uh, side of the conference, uh, I think that you have several good teams over there, and I think you have some teams over there that can jump up and bite you. And I think with that combination and, and the crossover games, would not be shocked to see the Western Division champion have two or more losses.
3: Well, Charles, that's interesting what BJ is talking about because that discussion came up on the show Thursday. Um I use Southern for example, FAMU and Jackson State, both on the road. That that that's that's tough, but hey, if you look at it in a, a basketball analogy, even if you get a, hey, it'd be great to win both games. Don't get me wrong, but even if you can get a split, but you know, I think Dr. Caville brought up the point. He saw them going undefeated in the division, but their two losses would be. In the crossover games with FAMU and and, and
2: Jackson
4: State. Yep. Yeah. yeah I, think I, I do. A possibility. Go ahead, Charles. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with 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 that, uh, BJ, in terms of just the way the West is just so uncertain. I mean, you kind of know in the East it's Jackson, FAMU, FAMU, Jackson, and then you're just kind of fighting for three, four, five, six, whatever that is. But on the Western side, you have such uncertainty. You know, you got body at Texas Southern that's improving. I talked with Doc Gamble at UAPB, Skylar Perry. He's been there since 2018. And so you look at that. He's the most veteran quarterback in the Southwestern Athletic Conference in terms of just miles on that body and what he's gone through in this league. So you you can throw that in. And Pine Bluff comes to us this year. They may sneak up on some people. Um, you got Texas Southern. Of course, Southern predicted to win the West. I do agree that if you've got a couple of losses, you're in the mix. But when you cross over and play like our crossover games, Valley and, and Carlos, you talked about Coach Dancy's not really happy with where Valley's picked. And I didn't have him picked to finish last. And in my own little personal poll, I think they're going to surprise some people. And that could, that could make it for a bad day. They can put the final nail in somebody's coffin in terms of their season. So I, I agree. I think the West is so uncertain. I think if you got two losses, you know you're still in it. But it depends on what losses they are, especially if there are two conference games on the Eastern side that you lose to. Well, you got to play them one game at a
3: time, and, and you know that was 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 kind of the the talk from from the coaches that I talked to, which was all of them. You know, you win the week. You win the week. Um, Let me see if I can do this. We, and BJ, you know about this. We had our predictions uh, from the Eastern Division and the Western Division. Um, AD, if we can, um, pull up the graphic, our predictions uh, from the Eastern Division, and um, we'll we'll see if we can get get that put up. Um, But until then... The, uh, the official release uh, from the southwestern Athletic Conference, of course, Jackson State, number one in the East, FAMU, number two, Alabama A&M, number three, uh, Alabama State, fourth, Bethune-Cookman, five, and six, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, could not disagree with that at all. Again, this is predictions. Uh, but, guys, uh, don't you agree with that? Pretty much.
2: Not with Valley being six. <laughs> not with Mississippi Valley being six. I think that um, that football team is, is a lot more talented uh, than people give them credit for. We know that the grit that they play with. Uh, we know how physical that Mississippi Valley is. I think uh, that it's not outside of the real of possibility uh, for Mississippi Valley to finish fourth or higher this year. And, and to me, that wouldn't be a shock.
3: Interesting. BJ, I'm going to remember that. I, I see Charles just shaking his head because that would make him look good because he's been harping on Valley. And, and, and I've I just said this. I just said they will be improved across the board. Now, whether they are improved enough to get – what was it, BJ? You said you wouldn't be shocked if, if it's fourth – Fourth Uh, or higher. Third or higher. I just want to get ready. Okay. And, Charles, you pretty much had them,
4: what, fifth? Well, fourth. initially I thought they would probably, a couple of months ago, I thought they would be third. But then after kind of looking at it, Alabama A&M to me with those transfers, I mean, got to find a quarterback. I'll put them right now a little bit ahead of Valley. So I, I can see Valley finishing in fourth. And so, you know, I, there's no way I would have picked Valley to finish last. No way. Um, I think there's some – I think Bama State with Eddie Robinson Jr., they got to put the pieces together. Um, I, I would have picked – I picked Valley fourth. I mean, I had him third, but I dropped him a slot in the last few weeks. So, if I would have on record right now and say, where do I have it? We, if These are Jackson, FAMU, FAMU Jackson, Alabama AM, I would pick uh, Mississippi Valley fourth, Bethune-Cookman fifth, and Bama State sixth. I love. I like Eddie Robinson Jr. I met him for the first time the other day. I I just think they just have, even though they have an Auburn transfer that's going to be their quarterback. I just think putting some pieces together, it's going to take a little bit of time to do that, and that's why I have them pick six because I just think right now it's just they're just a little ways away. That's that's my thought. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and say that I was incorrect. But I think Valley could very well finish, you know, fourth or a little higher if. If a struggles to find that quarterback, even though they got a lot of D1 transfers and they hit the transfer portal hard, if those pieces don't fit, I can very well see Valley finishing third. I will personally
3: shake both of you guys' hands if that is the case, because I will know where I heard it first. Uh, I... One through six, what I just read off, and we're we're hoping AD let me know if we can get the graphic up. Um, They'll be improved, but improved to the point where they're fourth or higher. That is going to be very interesting, but I'll shake you guys' hands because I would have heard it here. And we do have this for the record. In the West, of course, Southern <laughs> University won. Alcorn State, number two. And it was really close, 111 points to 110 points. Purview Am and 3rd Grandma State, fourth. Arkansas Pine Bluff, fifth. And Texas Southern, sixth. So let me guess. You guys don't believe Texas Southern will finish last in the Western Division. Am I correct on that?
2: Correct.
4: Yeah, oh, awesome. I, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, you know, as far as the polls go, I like I said in the last you know segment, I thought it was either going to be Southern University because of Dooley or Prairie View in spite of Dooley. They obviously saw Southern and the talent they have. Don't have a problem with that. You know, for the first time in like five years, we're going to have a new quarterback under center there in terms of not being on that roster. Um, you know, Aaron Allen looks like he's going to be the start of the tech transfer. And so to pick Allcorn second, I think, was really, really interesting. I was glad to see that. Um, I would have – I probably going forward, you know, Skylar Perry, the veteran quarterback, I would have put Pine Bluff up there, number three. Grambling Hugh Jackson, you don't know whose quarterbacks going to be. I didn't get a chance to talk to him at media day, but I was told he's got six – he could have six quarterbacks on the roster uh, come come August. I think there's some work to do there. I would I would move Texas Southern up a notch. You know, I would you know, Grambling's my alma mater. I love them, but I I just don't see it at Grambling right now. I'll put Grambling sixth. I'm making a very bold prediction. I think Grambling still has some work to do. I've moved Texas Southern up a notch. I drop Grambling, but you know, the rest of the poll I don't have an issue with. DJ
2: uh, for me Texas Southern with what they have uh, with Andrew Body. Uh also with the Owens at the running back position, they have receivers. Uh, we saw what that football team was able to do a year ago. Uh, Coach McKinney was very vocal about uh, the additions that they've made to that roster. I think that Texas Southern, um, I think they're one of those teams that they may not go to the show, all right? But they may do something to get your invitation revoked. And, and that's the way I feel about Texas Southern. That's the way I feel about Mississippi Valley. Um, I think that, and in, in also in the West, I wasn't shocked to see Southern number one. I was hoping that we wouldn't be number one, but wasn't shocked. Um, I kind of felt like it would go to Prairie View. I think with everything that Prairie View has lost, keep in mind Prairie View still returns eight defensive starters uh, from that defense that was ranked top three in the conference uh, a year ago. They still a lot of talent on that football team. Um, I will keep. I will continue to say this. Fred McNair has not forgotten how to coach the game of football. Alcorn is going to be right there in the mix. And the key for them is Alcorn uh, has properly addressed the offensive line and defensive line because when they were dominant, those were the two places that they were the most dominant. gonna is going to be right there. I kind of looked at first place in the West, almost like a four-horse race uh, between uh, Southern Alcorn and, Uh, Prairie View, and believe it or not, Grambling. I don't think that Grambling will be uh, explosive offensively, but I do think that Grambling has enough pieces defensively to keep them in every game that they're going to play. And I think with the running back that they have, you may see Grambling play play more ground and pound and rely on defense uh, than what you've seen in the past.
3: Boy, you can't wait for this season. I mean, if if I can't wait, I know – all of the uh, uh, HBCU fans are waiting for this uh football season. The excitement is in the air, the energy. Um Thursday, I heard you BJ mention about talent wise. And let, let's kind of go but before then, let's address uh quarterback situation. UAPB, Texas Southern on on, on the Western West Division with proven quarterbacks return that is always uh big and then on on the eastern east side East division uh Shadua Sanders uh coming back who else comes back on on, on the east side as far as uh quarterbacksson okay, from
4: Mississippi Valley yes uh,
3: no okay so that is always an important thing to have a returning quarterback coming but for the teams that don't have returning quarterbacks and and, and I got asked a, a lot about uh southern and the quarterback situation someone sent me an article um, that Jim Kleinpeter of the, the advocate said it was going to be Bashawn McCray. now I was standing right there when that interview was going on and maybe my I I didn't interpret coach Dooley saying the, who was going to be the starter. But with that being said, Coach Dooley talked about again, he doesn't need a quarterback to command or manage the game. He needs a quarterback that can go out and, and make plays. With that being said, who do you think, BJ, will take the opening snap? at quarterback for
2: Southern University? If I was a betting man right now, I would bet on Bashan McCray. Um, I think that he's going to be the guy uh, to get the the first stab at it. Um, I think there's another young man on that roster that's very, very talented. It's all about him learning the personnel around him and that playbook. And, and the name looked. that I keep hearing is Noah Biden. They're saying if if and when he gets those two things down, his talent is just so overwhelming that you can't keep him off the field. But I think McFray is going to get the first stab at it.
3: Well, I know Charles was probably wishing for uh, number 12. He loves Bubba McDaniels, who <laughs> will have a, a quality um, if he doesn't start. Or if he's, you know, if he doesn't start, then you have someone who has experience, quality experience. But, uh, Charles, I'm going to agree with B.J., just my opinion. I think McCray gets to uh, snap first at quarterback for Southern University because of, you know, just basing it on the spring uh, game, uh, very athletic and he's really again a to me a true dual threat If you go back to that spring game i it i know it's against your fellow team uh a, a hundred yards rushing through for almost 300 yards that to me is the definition of a true dual threat quarterback that can do both equally
4: yeah for me you know i i you know, I, I believe in experience. You know, when you have experience coming back, that plays a factor. But when you have a new coach and a new coaching staff, kind of all bets are off because you're looking for the best guy, even though you had a guy on the roster last year that was productive at times. And so I, I'm, I'm with BJ. I've heard McCray's name mentioned more and more and more and more, it seems like, every day. Um, and, you know, coming out of that Florida Memorial game, I mean, you know, if you look at that game, it's a game that they should win and win handily. You got LSU next week, the following week. Can you can you name a starter at that point once you get past those two games? I mean, if McCray starts and throws 500 yards and five touchdowns against Florida Memorial, everybody will be celebrating and saying, hey, he's the guy. But then you got LSU next week, and then you got the grind after that. Uh, I, I would agree that probably McCray will get the start, but I do think Dooley is still – Going to gonna look and peek and see. I think probably more than one quarterback will play in that Florida Memorial game. So we might be having this conversation even after week one, in my opinion. I mean, you know, I don't know if Dooley's the kind of guy that's going to bounce around with quarterbacks he's got, or if he's a stick-and-stake kind of coach. You stick with a guy and stay with him despite. I don't know. I mean, that's that's something that you know coaches kind of bounce around this time of year in terms of finding their quarterback. So I've heard McCray, to answer your question, I've heard McCray's name mentioned more and more but I do think the competition will be ongoing. Well, see, I kind of disagree
3: toward the end part where you're saying the competition ongoing. You know, just my opinion, I think in this fall camp, they know who the starters are, but the backup position across the board, that is going to be most important. BJ, you mentioned the you thought Southern – On on paper, had the most talented or one of the most talented uh, rosters. Expound on that Mm -hmm. a
2: a, 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 a little more. Oh, man. Um, I think, arguably, you have the best defensive line, not only in the conference, but potentially one of the top five. We talk about in all of FCS. Linebacker core um, is solid. You may not know the names. Uh, If you go back and look at those films coming in, and then the secondary, man, It it is an upgrade. Southern has struggled on the back end of that defense uh, for a few years now. And that's one of the things that Coach Dillon wanted to address. And boy, did he address it. Uh, He brought in some guys there so much, man, that you're going to have some talented guys that can probably start in other places in the conference that are quite simply just going to be a rotational guy. Um, And and, and that's just on the offensive end. Uh, we talked about the lack of explosion that he wanted to um, address at the receiver position and definitely went in and did that. Making sure that we st- that our identity stayed, stayed solid on the offensive line, stayed solid on the defensive line, and the running back stable um, that, that's coming in, man. It, it's Coach Julie did an amazing job from a personnel standpoint on the roster that we're going to see this upcoming.
3: And, you know, most people still talk about. I mean, I even have Southern alums. It's like they got one eye on Southern, but then they got one eye on Jackson State. Everybody, I think, is going to uh, going to be an upgrade from the from the previous season. I think everybody's gotten better, and to yeah. me, that that makes for an you know an exciting season. You can't sleep on anybody. You know, we we just talked about predicting all the finish but we'll see, you know, they also have the uh, first team selections, second team selections, uh, a couple of universes didn't have anybody on there, but uh, you know, I guess that's, that's motivation as well to, to be the best that you uh, uh, could could be. Now, with all that being said, how about, and I think I may know the answer, but Sleeper in the East, or someone that you would not be shocked at the end of the day is in the top tier in, in the division. BJ in the East.
2: Alabama AM. Mm-hmm. I think that people have written off Alabama AM. Um, I think a field glass is gone um, and that's it. But I've had a so talk to Coach Mayner. Um He talked about uh, addressing, he knows that their defense has been bad. That is not a secret to him, and that's something that he's not okay with. Um, and that's why you saw them attack the defensive side of the football. And his exact words were people forget that at Winston-Salem State, in two of his years at Hampton, he had uh, a defensive state that was ranked number one in the country twice. He had a defense at Hampton that was ranked inside the top 25 twice. Uh, that He he, he, he coached a solid defensive football teams and defense wins championships and if you see this football team look more like Winston-Salem State than it has the Alabama A&M of the quill Glass this year that's by design he knows what he has to do and i think that people are really sleeping on Alabama A&M
3: well bj here here's an interesting question and i'm not trying to be funny based on what you said then what happened at Alabama A&M did he get away from his defensive blueprint
2: that's a good question. Um, I, I think, man, you had so much firepower. Um, you know, you got to think his first year defensively um, and in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen, they pretty solid defensively. Uh, twenty nineteen is where you really saw that that drop off, um, and, and it, it kind of spiraled down from there. Um, and, and when you have a guy like a Quill Glass, man, and all that stuff that you have, man, it's easy to get enamored uh, by that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they also maybe missed the mark uh, recruiting because they recruited some guys that defensively, if you look at their high school stats and accolades, were supposed to be um, some solid, you know, some solid players, and, and maybe they've they missed on the evaluation piece there um, because a lot of those guys didn't turn into what Alabama and thought that they would be. But I think Kenneth Boulware, uh taking over at the defensive coordinator position is going to be huge Uh, because I think that he's one of the better defensive coordinators when you start talking about uh, HBCU football.
3: So we're going to look to see, that's a big question, I guess, uh, for Alabama and, you know, turning over their team the way they did. They used the Jackson State model, if I can put it like that, Uh, but defensively.
4: Charles in the East, your sleeper team? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about Valley. I mean, we've talked about them, but I think Bethune-Cookman. You know, you got you have two former SWAT quarterbacks on SWAC rosters, Quincy Casey and Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones is at Bethune-Cookman. And I think when you look at Bethune-Cookman, way they finished last year, of course, biggest upset of the year when they beat Alcorn. I mean, obviously, you know, disappointing there. But I think Coach Sims is, is, is ready to to shock some people. Ground and pound. Get good quarterback play, solid defense. I think for me, Bethune Cookman could be the the more shocker. I think Valley is really not in terms of surprising people. I think Valley improved. I think if they do that, that won't be that surprising. But I think Bethune Cookman could be the surprise team, the even more surprise team in the in the East that could surprise some people.
3: Now we move to the West. Be interested to see who you guys are sleeper since it seems to be. "Quote unquote," a little bit more unpredictable in the West. By most, by some. Who you got? Who you got in the West as a sleeper? B.J. Charles, be the one.
4: Speak up. Hmm. You know, I, I talk with <laughs> Doc Gamble. I mean, that's you know, uh, I talked to Doc Gamble the other day at Media Day. And he admitted that, you know, after leading all corn 26-7 to at halftime and the Braves came back and won 39-38, he didn't say it, but his body language told me they were never the same team after that. Um, mm. I think Skylar Perry, the veteran presence, I think Pine Bluff is a team that I think a lot of people sleep on for some reason. You know, they won the spring. They won the division in the spring. I think if there's one team that's going to surprise some people, to, to me – it's going to be UAPB. UAPB.
2: My su- BJ? My surprise team is Prairie View. I think that, you know, talking about the defending Western Division champion, Dooley leaves, Dumas leaves, and you lose uh, Stubblefield, um, you lose some other guys, uh, you lose Cheatham, um, you lose uh, defensive coordinator, you lose guys off their staff. And I think people have written off Prairie View I'll continue to say that Prairie brings back eight defensive starters. They bring back a lot of offensive talent. Connolly, the quarterback, has, has started before. He has experience. Um, I think that that's a team uh, that could uh, shock some people. Um, and I would not be, um, you know, the shocked to see them in November uh, fighting for a SWAC, uh title berth. Now, they have a very, very important uh, November. Um, it actually starts really – start October 1st, it's very, very important. Um, And they're going to come out the gate with Texas Southern. So I think that we're going to know a lot about those two football teams coming right out of the gate. We talk about that game coming out of the gate in the Eastern Division, which I say the PMU, I think that that Labor Day Classic, Prairie View Texas Southern, is going to tell us a lot about both of those football teams. We're going to know if Clarence McKinney has really gotten Texas Southern um, turned around, or we're you know, entering, you know, the, the beginning of the end for him? Or is Purview here to stay, or is it more of the same uh, with Purdue? I think we're going to know that Labor Day weekend with those go
3: Um, A little tidbit. And, uh, you know, it seems like I'm always in the right place at the right time. Sometimes <laughs> the, in the right place at the wrong time. So uh, I, I, I'm standing close to Coach Do, and then John Grant comes up. Comes up, and uh, you know we speak, and then uh, he basically informs uh, Coach Dooley that um, 2025, if I'm not mistaken, 2025 SWAT Miak challenge, and so boy, my ears literally grow, you know, because I'm close enough to, to 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 eavesdrop, be nosing, and so Southern University. And then the opponent was, and then I, I basically said, it's got to be North for state. Uh, John Grant was like, no, no, it's not. It's <laughs> North Carolina Central. But now this is not official. Uh, talking with Coach Banks later, he said some things got to, you know, take place before, you know, that can happen. But that was kind of one of the uh, little tidbits you get by being in, in attendance and being in the right place at the right time. BJ, what do you think about that? (laughs) The Southern and North Carolina Central and the SWAT-MEAC Challenge coming up
0: in a few years.
2: Man, if that's the case, man, it'll be a solid matchup. I think you got Trey Oliver, former defensive coordinator um, at Southern University of coach Dawson Odoms. Um, I like what he's doing with that program. I think they're the sleeper in the MEAC uh, this year. Um, It'll be interesting interesting to see where that program is uh, by by the time that that you know that time comes around, especially. I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what both of these programs um, are. But I, I think that that's a solid matchup. And Carlos, you, you're familiar with this. Um Southern fans have been chomping at the bit to get back into the city of Atlanta, and Atlanta has been chomping at the bit to get Southern University back here. Uh, hopefully, we get uh, get there before then in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, but to, to uh, to have a me White challenge there with uh, here would be huge
3: yeah and, and let's see what was another tidbit oh uh, Dr. Cable boy he was dressed sharply and so I was like Dr. Cable how you doing sir um congratulations you know being the director of athletics at Alabama State and then my next immediate question was this When will uh, Alabama State roll back on the schedule? So he stopped and paused and smiled very soon. All right, Dr. Cable, can you be more specific? Give me a year. Very soon. I say, uh, well, I remember last time they played, and it wasn't a nice, it was a blowout, southern over North Carolina, I'm not sorry, Alabama State. But he did say, um, you'll get a chance to see our beautiful stadium. So what do you take out of that? That means the next time Alabama State, and it may be 2023, I'm not sure. But Alabama State at Alabama State, I I thought that was interesting news. So I'll hopefully be able to make that that game, guys. Uh, But Alabama State, and by the way, new turf that uh, was installed, and then FAMU, uh, the the renovations going on there and a a new press box. Oh my, that is lovely. That is lovely. But you know, that's some of the tidbits uh, you get. Um, Charles and BJ, you got any little tidbits that you've found out about that was a very uh, intriguing.
4: No, for, for, for me, I didn't, I didn't really get a a, a lot of, you know a lot of great nuggets out of this particular media day for me um it's, it's just for me just the excitement of of getting ready for the season um and just just knowing who some of these pieces are who's the starting quarterback here and there and just trying to just figure out cuz it's it's football season's here and it's just a matter now of just trying to put the pieces in place um, I, I'm just, anxious, you know, I'm just anxious to see how this how this season goes. Not, you know, usually I do get a nugget or two, Carlos. You know, I did, but this year I didn't get a chance to get out there and 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 talk with folks like I normally do. See,
3: George, you, you, you got, yeah, you're you're not you're not moving. You're more stationary because you're doing your show. I get a chance, you know, me and BJ moving around, and uh, when they see me coming, they usually know. uh-oh. Watch out. He's up to something. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: BJ, you had an excellent interview with Coach Dooley on, on the Black Hawks mm-hmm. Sports Network uh, uh, program. And um, I interviewed Cameron Peterson and Dallas Black. But once again, my ears were rotating 360 to kind of try to hear what was going on. But uh, how, talk about that. How was that uh, interview and uh, – Coach Dooley who 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 knows you well,
2: remembers you. Oh man, it was um I mean it was surreal. Uh we're talking about uh, when I came into Southern University, the recruiting coordinator and receivers coach was Eric Dooley. So I was the first representative of Southern University that I actually uh talked to and, and fast forward um, man, almost 20 years uh, to, to interview him. Man, we, we, we really got a chuckle out of that. Um, and he saw how we were carrying on. And one of the first things he said was, man, you guys are getting old. Uh, talking about me and uh, Mo Carter, uh, you know, a guy in the media, and, and just talking about his former players, uh, just to see where we are now. It, it, it's, it's really come full circle. Um, and, you know, we talked about uh, having the family back, having, the, you know, the guys back, you know, not just – uh, you know, Coach Dooley being back, but, uh, you know, Coach Coach Pete Richardson uh, being closer to the program. We're talking about uh, having Terrence Graves back. We're talking about having Coach Miller back. Uh, we're talking about uh, Coach Nivens and, and uh, you know, having Sean Wallace back, having Boo Boo back. Uh, and and it, it feels like, you know, the gang is, is back together. And we talked about the importance of starting fast, uh, being aggressive, Uh, My favorite quote that he had was, I don't need a game manager. I can do that from the silence. Um, It's going to be a guy uh, that's going to take over a ball game and that can win one. And he talked about the importance of making sure that the S-Club guys, the former letterman, that that he keeps us close and keeps us around um, so that when we start talking about those championships, we're right there uh, to solidify what he's saying. Uh, It's important for them to be able to see those rings and see those things. Uh, And and, uh, very excited, very interesting uh, interview. And he's very excited about the start of the season, very enthusiastic about that. And that got me fired up.
3: And he made a a comment. I've heard it before. But it's something to the fact um, they're going to be playing basketball-type speed at a football game, fast, fast, fast. You remember that statement? That mm-hmm. that kind of lives with me because, uh, again, you know of Coach Dula as a, a offensive guru, and I, and I think he's what he says he's going to really implement that. And you're talking about tempo, uh, BJ, is what he's talking about—really, really fast.
2: And this is one thing I, that, that we brought up. A lot of people think about Eric Dewey and slinging the ball all over the yard. But when you look at his offenses, typically they're one of the better rushing teams in the conference. And he has a stable of running backs to play with that he is very, very excited about. And these guys' ability to not only run the football, but catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Charles
3: also Southern University unveiled uh, the, the, the all gold uniforms, and uh, Coach says is, is already working on another color helmet and uniforms. But if you look at uh, when he was at Prairie View, the beautiful combinations they have. Uh, your thoughts on Southern's uniforms, the new ones? I, that I like displayed- them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I like the helmets. I like the jerseys. Um, I mean, and that's that's the other thing too, Carlos, in terms of just this conference. You know, if you just think a few years ago, the different kind of uniform combinations and helmets and all that, you didn't really talk about that five years ago. Now, look, I mean, you, you look at Jackson State, Shador Sanders showing off the different uniform combinations. We've got different combinations. Southern has different combinations. So that that's another aspect to me as a league, how we're growing. It's just not the same old, same, same old helmets, gold helmets, white helmets, purple helmets, you know, all that. And so that just adds to the excitement because on social media, fans talk about how good these uniforms look, how good these helmets look, and just different combinations. And you know Coach Dooley, I mean, I'm learning that he's a dapper dresser. He wants to look good with the bow ties. He wants to look good all the time. He wants his team to look good all the time. And as Roman Banks told, said here a few weeks ago, He's just trying to get him what he needs, the different uniform combination to pay for the stuff. But uh, he doesn't tell him what to wear. But I, I agree with them on that. I agree with Banks on that. Just get him what he needs, and he's going to look good. And hopefully Southern will do the same on the football field, as well as all the teams. Now we got a few minutes left here in this segment. Um,
3: we know we've talked kind of about uh, the conference race. and But I want to go back to – uh, guys, the non-conference games, which, which couple of games maybe comes to mind that you're going to be really looking at as far as from a competitive side and that uh, the, the conference members have some success in winning those games? BJ, is there one or two particular games that has piqued your in- interest as far as a non-conference
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. We, we talked about the positive momentum that the conference has. Um, and I think that positive momentum has to spill over onto the field or or we're just hyping ourselves. And I think that it's going to be a big opportunity Labor Day weekend. Alcorn is going to face number 10, Stephen F. Austin. They're coming to the reservation. The 10th-ranked team in all of FCS is coming to Alcorn. I think that that's a huge game. A big opportunity for not only Alcorn but for the conference as a whole uh, to make a statement. Um, I also look at uh, View with Lamar uh, later on in the season. Gremlin has Northwestern State. Uh, I think that's the second week of the season. Uh, Alabama A&M with Austin P to open up their home slate. Another you know key non-conference game. Um, so I think that those games like that where you're playing against some of the better teams in the FCS. It's an opportunity. You say if we're going to say that we're uh, uh, our conference and all these other things, then eventually you have to prove it on the field. And we have the opportunity to do this and create more positive momentum.
3: And matter of fact, I would add: Alcorn gets another shot on the road at, Mc, at McNeese. So that mm-hmm. that that that's another one. How about you, Charles? Oh, you, you agree with what uh, BJ is saying, or you have another uh,
4: game that has piqued your interest? Well, there's there, there's one game I'm interested in for a selfish reason, and it's one that I wish I could see in person, as well as 102,000, and that's LSU and Southern on the football field. That's a selfish reason. I just want to see that just, just – I'm glad you admitted that. Minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a selfish reason. That has nothing to do with X's and Because We've talked about this for 20 years, okay? Obviously, corn Stephen F. Austin at home, you don't get that very often. You know, we played Stephen F. going back in the 90s when we had Steve McNair. That's one, uh, clearly, that's going to draw a lot of interest. Our fans don't talk about these games because they feel like we can't win these games. But for Charles Edmond, being a part of two A playoff games, I'm just, I am really love to see us get it done in the FCS. Last year, we beat Northwestern State 13-10, to and I hope we can continue that momentum. But the one to me I want to see is Jackson State and Campbell. That's one I want to see. That to me is, you know, Coach Sanders has said he wants to dominate. He wants to win the Celebration Bowl. And then he mentioned the FCS. Well, let's see. You got the two top recruiting classes, Campbell and Jackson State. That game's at the bet. I hope it's 50,000 in the house there. That's one for me outside of my own personal and professional interests. Just as a fan, I want to see Jackson State and Campbell. That's and that's the last home game of the year, by the way, for Jackson State. It's Senior Day. They got three on the road after that. That's what I want to see, just as a SWAT fan. Wait a
3: minute! No, that's not the last home game because the next week,
2: you no, know, we, we go down the next I, week.
3: I predict, okay. I predict the largest crowd of the season,
2: right,
4: October Southern. 29th Okay, when, when Southern? I am mistaken.
3: And, and, yeah. Oh no problem. Well, uh, and that brings me to this. I was talking to Sh- Shadour Sanders for the first time, and um, I, you know, I, we we had an interesting conversation. He did admit that the best atmosphere that he played at on the road, of course, he said, it didn't compare to Veterans Memorial, what what was Southern University. And by the way, he did tell me. He knows he watches everything. He says he's going to be prepared for the strongest, one of the strongest guys in, in, in football, uh, Dumas. Uh, but we'll we'll see. But that is that that's going to be an epic crowd. Uh, you know, I, I just really feel it, and, and especially if both teams have outstanding records. But now, guys, I found out some information. A 1 p.m. game, unless they change it. BJ, I don't – once again, I've been told that Coach Sanders says college football games should be played in the afternoon. I don't have to disagree with Coach Sanders on that. That game has always been the greatest when it's at 6 or 7 p.m. So I guess I love it for selfish reasons as well. But uh, BJ, that that that's gonna be an epic game, I believe, as far as uh, crowd. I mean, epic. I think, I'm getting that Friday and I'm partying.
2: <laughs> I think that that was going to I think, I think that, that was going to be epic, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you this one too. If I, I I think that Jackson State going to the reservation this year uh, for the first time since 2018. I think that that's going to be also one of those crowds that we're going to look at and just go wow, just because it's been so long since Jackson State has made that trip, um, you know it's been what four years. I think that that's going to be another one we're going to look at and just go wow.
4: Better get there early. Especially if all corn is in. Especially if all is in contention for the Western Division, and Jackson State's Mm -hmm. in contention for if, if that game is for the respective divisions, you know we always. Bring in portable stands, portable bleachers when we play Jackson State. That's been the case, and I was talking with some people recently, that's going to be the case again. You know, it seats 22, but you're going to bring in probably the big, big portable tents and the portable stands. You know, it, it, it's going to be, as I say, off the hook if that game is for the divisions.
3: Well, you're right. Some 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 great games uh, uh, to watch, the SWAC Put out their television uh, package. There's also going to be another um, uh, television package that I uh, got a chance to look at. As far as Byron Allen Group, um, Southern's on there a couple of times. All Corn States on there a couple of times. Texas Southern. Um, you know, I guess when that contract is officially done, then the conference will. Uh, Put that uh, TV schedule out as well. Uh, guys, it's just a, a great time to be in the conference. They're growing. I'll continue to watch and look at the debates about digital, the content, who controls it. It is fascinating getting hearing different perspectives on it, BJ. I literally watch. I'll leave that to the experts on that. Uh, to say what is good, what is bad. But at the end of the day, I'm for what's best for the conference, for HBCUs. And sometimes you'll have to agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, be together. Be as one. And, and, I, and I like this old African proverb. I always use it. Two birds fighting over a current of corn when a third one swoops in and take, takes it away always remember that uh, BJ appreciate the time uh, football season fast approaching. You'll be a regular guest. Once again, I'll send over the contract for you and you look it over and you'll see if you'll sign <laughs> on it. And um, if you don't, I understand, but if you do, I appreciate it. But uh, man, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, boy, it's stormy here in Baton Rouge. I mean, big time right now, at least where I'm at. Uh, but uh, ha- have have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again real soon.
2: Man, thank you for our loss, and it's always a pleasure to be on here with you and Charles, and, man, can't wait to see Charles, man, later on in this season, man. So you guys have an amazing <laughs> weekend.
3: All right, you too. <laughs> that was Brandon P.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. We're going to take a quick timeout. I'm going to get with AD. Let me see if um, we can still get those uh, – those predictions we had, uh, the graphics on um, the East and the West. And uh, boy, some of my colleagues had Southern, Third, in the West. That's abominable. If that happens, <laughs> I definitely will go on a hunger strike. I will shave my eyebrows and I will go live in Tibet and become a monk for a year <laughs> if that happens. But we'll be back coming up next. Joshua Griffin, Southern University kickoff specials. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College
0: Sports Network. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Rap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
1: No, wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working,
5: huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. I know.
1: <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
0: Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU
6: Sports, Kenyatta Kaville of Dr. Deville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker,
3: or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU diaspora
6: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports with me, the Dean, the College of
0: HBCU Sports on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop
5: To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services.
2: It's like a looting machine.
5: All around town, trying to get down. Are you ready? It's
0: time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th. Nerds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe who converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybock, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban Nerd Con Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con.
3: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown show right here exclusively on the black college sports network. I'm now going to be joined by the last guest of today's show. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what Uh, I'm impressed with this guy. Uh, He's a kickoff specialist. He does a little bit of everything. I've seen him kicking uh, field goals uh, recently, but he's Joshua Griffin, uh, Southern university kickoff specialist, special teams player. Joshua, good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the Carlos Brown show. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Are you excited, you excited are you. about Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna ask you, were you excited about the upcoming uh 2022 football season? Excited about this season. I think our
6: team's going in a great direction. I can't see uh I can't wait to see what we put on for what show.
3: talk to you about your your recruitment because i um first i talked to coach fred mcnair and uh he said yeah all did uh recruit you but if you could talk about um the re- recruiting process and then your decision why you chose uh southern unit to come uh play for uh, and attend school at southern university. university the recruiting process for-
6: Interesting. Yeah, I got some good interest from both Alcorn and Southern at the same time. Uh, I was recruited by Jason Rollins, actually. He came, called me a lot, gave me some tours of the school and whatnot. So it was a Southern
3: pick for me because. me do this we, we got we got a, uh, a bad connection let's take a time out and let's see if we can, uh, can adjust that uh, we'll be back you're watching Nicolas Brown show on the Black College Sports
4: Network
1: for 200 years Montgomery Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change today this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future from the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home and together we can be the change.
0: Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. (laughs) Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. (laughs) Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited
4: plan. That's seven times the... (laughs) Seven times the... Seven times the... Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think.
5: Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com
3: backslash support for more information.
0: This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news. Views and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU Sports one broadcast at a time.
3: Welcome back to the Coles Brown Show, the human jukebox. Charles, I know you're getting ready, getting ready for that football season. I will pick it back up. I think we've gotten uh, the technical issues solved with Joshua Griffin, kickoff specialist for Southern University. Uh, We'll start this over. Uh, Joshua, good afternoon. Welcome to the Coles Brown Show. Good afternoon, man. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me, man. Oh, it's all pleasure. You know, I had your, 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 your buddies from the special teams on, and now you will be officially uh, the last one of, of the group. Before, I was asking about uh, your recruitment because Coach McNair said, man, we, we, we went after uh, Mr. Griffin hard to get him to our school. But if you can't talk about uh, the process of, of your recruitment and then choosing to be a student athlete at, at Southern University.
6: Oh, uh, my recruitment is interesting. I already, already had uh, goals that I wanted to complete my recruitment. Uh, I knew I wanted to play at the Division One level. And I knew I, I'm i a Louisiana native, actually. I was actually born in Louisiana. So it was kind of wow. one of the things to try to, you know, get back here. So whenever Southern started recruiting me, it kind of fit all my standards. I always wanted to attend the HBCU. I always wanted to get into the culture. I always loved the culture. Watching the Bayou Classic coming up. So whenever Southern recruited me, it just fit all my standards. It just felt like a perfect fit. And I did have some uh, interest from Alcorn. They did reach out to me. And when Jason Rollins, the uh, previous head coach, reached out to me, he just came with, you know, a lot of love. He gave me a tour. There was a lot of phone calls whatnot. So it just felt like, you know, Southern was the place for me to be, you know?
3: Well, that, uh, glad to, uh, as, as a Southern alum, uh, to have you at, at Southern University and um, Joshua, I've been looking at you guys' um, work before the season started, before fall camp, and um, we, we we're going to put up a, a, a little video clip of you got of you know you guys working and you working. Um, talk about um, the the conditioning aspect and and the practice all year to get ready. Uh, for this upcoming uh, football season?
6: Oh, yeah. Well, with kicking, it's just like everything else. It's not one of those things you can just wake up and be great at. It's like me and Robbins, you know, Robbins came from Alcorn. We both have that standard that we want to control the swag this year. We want to make our name for ourselves as specialists. Even Luke and uh, Braxton, we want to be the top specialists in the SWAC this year. So, you know, it's not going to come from just waking up when the season's starting and starting practicing. We want to start that work now every day we can whenever the fields available we're trying to get out there we're just trying to do get 1% better every day so we can make a name for ourselves this season cuz we're coming for that standard
3: i understand that and, and Joshua i'm going to tell you first thing i noticed last year i'm like wow not many of those kickoff returns uh are are you know coming coming back or they're not being returned uh, a very strong strong leg and how can you even improve on the, the, the success you had last year?
6: Oh, There's always room for improvement. And one of the things I harp on is that I didn't go perfect last season. We still had some uh, kicks that didn't go in the end zone. We still had some kicks that got big returns. I remember one return got took to the house. So that's all the stuff that we got to improve on, and that starts with the kick. So there's always room for improvement. There's... That season was great, but it's nowhere near the standard of where we want to be at. We want to make sure we have no returns this season, no yardage. It all starts with field position. So if I can do my part to help with that, then, you know, that's me. That's where I got to come in, you know.
3: And and speaking of parts, I also saw you on on social media uh, practicing on field goal attempts, and I'll just be brutally honest. I I, I just thought of you as a kickoff specialist, but – apparently you're well-rounded. If if need be, you could be calling an action to field goal attempts and I guess punting as well. Yes, sir. Well, hey, I, that's a good thing. Um, you've heard the cliche, the saying, special teams can win you a couple of games or can lose you a couple of games. That's a true statement. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent, yes, sir. Not not ninety, but a hundred percent, right? No, hundred hundred and ten percent, yes, sir. Yeah. Um you mentioned about Coach Rollins, a former coach, but but Coach Dooley now, uh coming back to Southern University, head football coach. Uh how how has your relationship been with, with uh Coach Doolin, and also your special teams coach, who I know very well, uh, Coach Graves. Uh, What what have they meant to you so far?
6: Uh, Man, I love Coach Graves. Coach Graves is a funny guy, man, but Coach Graves can (laughs) definitely get serious whenever it counts. Whenever it's time for practice, know, Coach Graves is all locked in. But he's also somebody I can call on if I need something. Go to his office, talk to him if I need anything. Help. So it's very clearly been there for me. And Coach Dooley, man, Coach Dooley has really taken this team for a turn with the serious sense of competitiveness. You know, Coach Dooley's really putting his foot down saying that, you know, we're gonna be that team this year and that we're gonna bring you know, we're gonna bring that show back to the bluff. So Coach Dooley coming and Coach Gray is coming. I'm just I'm just grateful. And I'm grateful for them both having me giving me the opportunity to play again this year.
3: Charles, I'm sure you would uh like to uh Ask a question of uh, the young man who played his high school football at Warren Central High School. Charles Edmund calls the games for Vicksburg High School. That's where the I got mixed up uh, on that earlier about pronouncing you uh,
4: properly where you went to high school at. Charles. Well, I just, I just want to just want to comment that, you know, you seem to be very comfortable with, with everything you got going there. Being, you wanted to go to an HBCU and, and here you are. Just talk about how that just makes you feel like all the goals that you wanted to set for yourself, where you wanted to go to college, it all just kind of came to fruition and all kind of came together. I'm sure, you know, you know, teammates where you, you got to make tough decisions where you want to go to school, but, It seemed like Southern University, HBC, all that just checked all your boxes for you. How how important was that making you comfortable with where you are right now?
6: And honestly, you know, that's all glory to God. You know, I definitely couldn't be where I was without him. And just he knew what the plan was. The plan was already written. And he already knew where I was headed. For me, it was just I'm just following his plan and seeing where I ended up. But definitely, like I said, Southern was definitely perfect for me. I'm so glad to be here. You know, there's many people who want to be in my shoes, want to be on this team, and want to be here right now. And I'm just thankful that I get to be one of those people who get to
3: be here. I, I wonder, Charles and, and Joshua, as far as last year, was there any specific uh, moment or, or one of the uh, most exciting moments being a member of the Southern football team uh, last year that you can remember? What was one of the most exciting uh, moments? You already know the moment I'm going to say. I'm sorry, man. I know you're an Alcorn fan,
6: but there was there was no feeling like it, man. Uh, seeing the kids go up, hearing the fireworks, the cannons go off. Man, it, that was just one of those fairytale moments, man. We always remember uh, me and Luca just chopping up. We always bring it up like, man, we got to have more moments like that last year because that, that was special. That was definitely something special.
3: You, you well, see, Charles I mean, is looking away that, that, man, that still hurts. Man,
6: that <laughs> <was good>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you, but you, but you know, Josh, with that, you know, you think about that and the, in the pressure of the moment, it, is there a lot of pressure because you got to have the snap perfect, the hole perfect, the placement of the ball, and then the kicker has to de- deliver. And that was, I believe 47 yards out, but, uh, did you put yourself in that position like mentally when Luke was kicking it? How it how pressure, how much pressure is that? Man, honestly,
6: it's just, you know, I did hell goals in high school, so I know that feeling. And being a specialist, you know, it's always pressure on us We try our best to be perfect, but pressure is to be perfect. So we're trying to go out there and be perfect each time. And in a big moment like that, you can't help but feel like the way the world is on your shoulders as a specialist you got to tune all that out you got to focus on the task at hand so it's pressure on you there's pressure on the holder for the holder to make a perfect hold pressure on the snapper and then pressure on the online line to hold up for enough time before it to get the kickoff so it's definitely pressure on everybody but as a specialist we're definitely used to that we know that we got to tune all that out we can't think about it you got to go do what we practice this whole season and
3: off season You know, Joshua, now you just said something, and and I've mentioned it before, but haven't thought about it lately, that uh, protection up front. Because if one of the integral parts of the special teams break down, that that affects the kicker. I mean, you can have a a good snap, but the protection up front, someone gets in, uh, you're absolutely right. It's really – uh, very important it's kind of like an old line if, if if one person is off it affects the whole offensive line special teams same thing the different parts of it one of them is off it, it, it affects everyone it affects the kicker so that's an interesting uh piece that you just brought up now 2022 fall season fall camp right around i mean right around uh, the, the corner. Um, how is the team feeling uh, about this fall season coming up, particularly after last year? A, a disappointing four and seven season, but a, a lot of close losses. But how's everybody feeling about this upcoming season?
6: Man, this season is just, we you know we all got something to prove. Last season, we know that we have a standard, and that wasn't us. Now, nah. last season in the past, we can't do anything about it. But this season, we're here to show the fans that, you know, that wasn't us, that we're working, we're not used to having no losing season like that, and that we're here to turn that around. So everybody has that, you know, chip, that edge on the shoulder that we've been, you know, we've been – I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, it's a weird feeling. You know, I feel like everybody's done doubtless us because of that season. So we're here to turn that around, you know. Everybody's on edge. Everybody's ready to go and show the world that that's not us and that we're a completely different team.
3: Well, on social media, you can kind of see from the physical uh, standpoint, I mean, every day I'm looking at somebody, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, to be young again in the weight room, uh, Dumas with it seems like a record-breaking uh, weight lift, and then a defensive tackle transfer from um, Lamar. I can't remember his name right now. It escapes me. But you're, you're just seeing all of you guys are really working hard, as far as, you know, from the physical standpoint, conditioning wise, to get ready uh for twenty twenty-two football season, correct? Yes, sir. Well, Charles, I think it's time for you to ask another question there. Um and, and Joshua watch him. He, he you know, of course he's from Alcorn, but uh <laughs> he he's a good guy. Go ahead, Charles.
4: I, I I was having a really good day until you brought up that that kick against uh you know y'all I, I was having a really good day you 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 really you messed me up man my head's messed up right now but no seriously I'm sorry man I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna hear about it for a while. Oh. You know the Jaguar Nation, the fans, the fan base. You know, I I really enjoy you know the, the fan base, the excitement, the energy. Just just talk about that aspect of it, and, and, and helping you and making your decision, and the the impression that they have made upon you as a as a young man and as a college football player at Southern.
6: Oh man, we I'm definitely one hundred percent sure we got the best fans in the swag, man. And it's like, especially even if you even consider coming to Southern. Oh, yeah, Jaguar Nation lets you know that we want you here. We want you to be a part of this program. We have a great family. And then it's like as soon as you know you're here, you're committed, they show you so much love, man, so much love. It was was unlike anything I've ever experienced, honestly. And then even once you're here, all the alumni are all there for you. I've had people that I haven't met in my whole life, but they're coming up tell me if I need anything, that they have me. Like I said, I just feel like we have the best fan base in the SMAC, probably in college football ever because, you know, they're there for you. It's different, um, and everybody be on social media saying everything, but to actually meet people that you don't know and them, you know, trying to provide for you if you need anything, they got you. That's a whole different feeling. That's actually family, it's not a fan base, it's a family. And like I said, I feel like we have one of the best families in the swag in college football, so that's amazing,
3: yeah. And you know, we often talked about it, uh, even years past, it's so amazing to see 30,000. 32,000 Jaguar Nation fans invade uh, Jackson, Mississippi, on the road. In other words, Joshua, even though you're on the road, it's like playing at home because the Jaguar Nation travels very, very well. Mm -hmm. Definitely make our presence known. Well, last quick thing here. Um, Back to to this season, as as far as – getting ready for it, do you believe that it may come down to a kickoff? And after Southern just scored, either field goal or touchdown, you put one out of the end zone on a kickoff against one of the top opponents, one of the most intense rivals, whether it's the Bayou Classic or the Jackson State game. Can you see that? Can you envision that for this upcoming season? To be honest with you, with the team we have this year,
6: I don't envision any of our games being that close. I envision us dominating this whole season. But it's my job as a specialist to prepare for that moment anyway. And me and Robin's out there working, and I know Luke's working too. We're all working for that one moment. But this season, we're not going to have any games that close, to be honest with you.
3: You heard it there joshua griffin well i appreciate the time here on the show we were able to work through some things so that could be a lesson for football games if a little adversity hits you got to overcome and that's what we did enjoy the rest of your weekend uh preparation for this upcoming football season and fall camp uh wish you the best of success and uh we'll talk again real soon Appreciate you coming on. Thank you very, very much for having me,
6: man.
3: Yep. All right. Thank you. That was Joshua Griffin. Um, let's see if we can pull up that graphic, Charles. And AD, if you can help us out. Uh, start with the Eastern Division. Then we'll do the Western Division. And then we will end today's uh, show. So we'll, we'll wait for that graphic quickly. And there we go. On the eastern side of things, you see me first there. My prediction JSU, FAMU, Alabama AM, Alabama State, Bethune Cookman, and Mississippi Valley. AD Drew has JSU as well. But you can see everybody else Dr. Kavia, Brian Fulford has FAMU, um, Charles Bishop JSU, and Mike. Washington. Now let's look at the Western Division real quickly. And there we go. Of course, I've got Southern. Accuse me of being a homer if you want to. I don't really care. How about <laughs> that? A.D. Drew with corn. Hey, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, A.D. Drew's a good O'Conn. man. Uh, I knew you would say that as well, Charles.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dr.
4: Cavill is a good dude. man.
3: Of course, Charles Bishop yes, a good yes, man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All corn. Uh, Dr. Cavill at Southern University. Although Dr. Cavill says he's he has Southern um, losing those crossover games, and I think he predicts them to be 6 and 2 in conference. Charles Bishop takes. Alcorn, and of course, Mike Washington takes Southern University, but then look look down is where I really was kind of shocked look at number number three uh, third place um, predictions A.D. Drew has Southern University, but by the way for second place, he has Texas Southern
5: Carlos, I don't know if you can that hear that me that
3: happens better on you uh, can you A. hear me, Carlos? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you
5: notice everybody's got Texas Southern all over the board
3: uh, yeah I was going to get to that except <laughs> I have them going what fifth right Mhm. okay I, yeah, well, much, I, I think they'll be improved but defensively is where they're going to have to really show me something and then I'll see early on with that conference game in Dallas again uh, Texas Southern upset uh, Southern University last year, so I'll get a good uh, peek at that. But you got Southern University third, and, and Charles Bishop has Southern University third. Really, really, explain yourself, Ad, on that one.
5: Which one is that? Southern. Or no, Southern in
3: third place, unacceptable. I'll be heading to Tibet as a monk if that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, first of all, I think Texas Southern is going to get a uh, preview week one. We know on the East and the West, week one is going to set the pace. The Labor Day Classic and the Orange Blossom. Now, think back to when Alabama won the Swag.
3: The offense in the spring session. Right. Mm-hmm.
5: Top offense. Play just enough defense to outscore everybody. I think if Texas Southern can get anything on the defensive side of the ball, with the number two offense coming back, they will put themselves in position to win the West. Southern until I see what the quarterback situation is I'm a little hesitant on Southern which is another reason why I put Texas Southern where I did obviously the best quarterback in the West coming into this season sits in Houston with Andrew Boddy so I think that's the difference on why I have Texas Southern over southern,
3: boy, Ad, you have a lot of faith out, and everyone's entitled to opinion. But brother, you have a lot of faith, faith in Texas Southern. Um, we'll have to act, let Charles Bishop explain that to me about his picking Southern uh, third. Charles,
4: well, well, Carlos, I want to go back to the East a little bit, okay? So you know, for those who have. Florida A&M winning the East. You got to keep in mind, and I didn't know this until recently, FAMU opens the season against North Carolina. Yeah, week this week, week zero. Mm-hmm. How they come out of that game and then play Jackson State in Miami the next week is going to say a lot. Now, you know the old adage about playing up, you know, you hope you don't get broke up. That's week zero. If they have you can come out of that game relatively healthy and productive and feeling good about themselves coming out of that game, then, you know, I think it could be, you know, they'll feel good about where they are. But if they come out of North Carolina, you know, injured and hampered, um, you know, that could be a game, you know, clearly for family. They might be at a disadvantage in terms of health-wise. We know Willie Simmons likes the challenges right off the bat. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I I didn't really know until the other day that they opened up against North Carolina. I thought they opened up against Jackson State. But just keep an eye on that game and see how FAMU comes out of that game health-wise.
5: And I'm then something on the else, Western oh.
4: side, not a lot of people are picking Grambling up there either. I mean, everyone across the board on the Western side, look at where they are. You know, I Grambling's my alma mater, I love them, but I think it's going to be a, a rebuild for Hugh Jackson. I wouldn't be surprised if Grambling finishes fifth or sixth. Just about everyone has them anywhere from what? From fourth to sixth with the exception of Mike Washington. He has them third. But I think it's going to be a little tougher rebuild despite, you know, the, the defensive presence for Grambling. They gotta figure out where their quarterback's gonna be. We heard he's got five or six on the roster. We'll we'll see how the offense rounds out. Okay.
5: Well AJ? for Florida AM and Jackson State. I gave Jackson State the edge because their strength of schedule outside of conference is going to allow them to get momentum and win the East. Have you looked at FAMU's schedule? They play three conference champions. Obviously, Jackson State. They play the SIAC champion and Albany State. And they also play the MEAC champion in South Carolina State. One at home, one neutral site, one on the road. Those are going to be some tough challenges outside of conference, which I think you're going to get caught with a trap game with FAMU. So that, that's why I put FAMU behind Jackson State. Hmm.
3: All no interesting uh, tit- tidbits, and all of those things are to be be considered. I, I, I think Ad and Charles. That's why I think this season will be extremely exciting, and there's not going to be any room for a, a, a two-game losing streak. And depending on if you lose, some will say when you lose in conference where does it, where does that loss happen? Beginning, middle, or end? Cross-division games are important because all games are, are, are count. I think it's just going to be a tremendous, tremendous uh, upcoming season. To AD's point, and, and and I know a lot of people are probably concerned about the quarterback play at, at, at Southern University, uh, but you got to look at the head man in charge And his young uh, Experienced quarterback coach I think And it's interesting what Coach Dewey says Not someone that commands the offense But may, or, or Sorry, manage the offense But a, a guy that makes plays He he manages And defensively The old saying Defense wins championships As much as everyone talks about Dewey And his Offense, being an offensive genius, I am more shocked/slash surprised at the the the, the potential uh, defense that they put on the field, and, and kind of talking to them at SWAC football media day, um, they literally are going to be too deep at every defensive position. But here's the key: usually you'll have a uh, a, a a a moderate to big drop off. That won't be the case. So all of that to say, I really believe, though, which defense plays the best in the conference will put that team in an excellent, excellent position to uh, win it all. And I'll go back to Texas Southern. We we'll probably will agree on this, that offensively you know what they can do. But defensively, what, how much improvement – Will it be for them to To elevate them overall As, as a team Because I'm going to tell you man It is very High pressure To have to outscore somebody Every week Every week That's a lot of pressure
5: What good does did. 35 points
3: a game? And then Alabama, A&M. Alabama A&M
5: 2020 Excuse me Alabama a and Twenty twenty one. I'll scored everybody. Couldn't couldn't stop anybody. That
3: doesn't happen all the time, A D. That's still a lot of pressure. They, Coach Bain and Sean
5: Fulton. Okay. Right. Can we I get one other point run. in? Can I get one other yes. point in? I picked Alcorn. Let's remember. Alcorn mm-hmm. last year. Six conference roll games. Number one. No spring season. We know Mm -hmm. what Alcorn does when they're in the football business. Alcorn, we'll be back. Number two, Bethune Cookman. Now you're speaking to a rattler. So we know Bethune (laughs) has been in the football business forever. They went in the football business a little bit better than us for nine years in a row. So, yes. The swag is going to see. The Bethune, that fam you saw in the 20 teens, this year, no football for two complete years, did not do anything until August one, last year. All 11 teams had advantage of Bethune, not this year, and the Florida Classic is going to determine. Who's going to win? The East. And what I mean by that? Wait a minute. Look at
3: Charles, Charles, don't go
5: down, uh, okay. Charles. Right. fam. you. Jackson State and Bethune will be in the race. So the winner of that game is going to be challenging Jackson State for the East. Where the Jackson State all-coin game. Is going to possibly flip the East and the West, so those two games are going to be the most pivotal games, in my opinion, for who makes it to the championship game. I got a new nickname for AD. AD
3: Bold Drew. Bold prediction. (laughs) He just got the title. I I, I like AD uh, Drew.
5: Hey. I'm not scared to step out there. Remember, I said last year, everyone's going to get a win. Everybody got a win. Yeah. Oh,
3: wow. Oh, AD, that might be one of your best bold what? predictions. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Parody. <laughs> but,
3: uh, parody. Now, parody. I, like, I like that word. I, I do. Parody. We shall see. We got to kind of end uh, this edition of the Coles Brown show. Uh, Just want to give a shout out to uh, Terrence Graves, uh, Jamar Scott, Michael Cavalier. Thank you for watching. Um, Johnny Johnson Jr. Thank you for watching. Uh, Marlon Harris and Michael Cavalier, Rasan Harrelson and Edwin Dwight Moore. Appreciate it. Also appreciate you, A.D. Drew, because uh, we, we had, uh, had to make some adjustments uh, with the show and you were able to uh, come in in the reserve role from the reserve role to the main role. So I, I appreciate it. Everybody you, loves brother. backup quarterback. Everybody loves <laughs> the backup. But, that, but you know what? That
2: shows how important the backup quarterback because you never know when you're thrust into that –